0: Hello and welcome to The Divorced Advocate, where we help dads create a healthy and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval, and I am your host today. And our show, uh, our message today on the show is spiritual warfare. And this is part two of a two-part series around that message. But uh, before we get to that, and before I introduce my guest, who's gonna just give us some phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, tools and tips around developing uh, our spiritual selves and some uh, some real skills for spiritual uh, warfare. I wanted to remind you that the Divorce Quiz is still up at thedivorcedadvocate.com under the Divorce Quiz tab, or you can go directly to thedivorcequiz.com. And take it there. It's a great tool for you to gauge where you're at. You're in your divorce compared to others who have gone through divorce as well. So check that out. And now I uh, hope you enjoy the show with our guest and our topic being a spiritual warfare. My guest today is an entrepreneur and founder of Collaborate Worship as well as the lead pastor of No Limits Church in Owasso, Oklahoma. His new book, Jesus Ain't Woke, Your Guide to Real Christianity, exposes how the woke church sides with culture in hopes of attracting the masses and why Jesus was not woke and why Christians shouldn't be either. But maybe, most importantly, he is a husband and the father of five children you've got me beat by a couple there please welcome pastor Cade young
1: hey thanks for having me jude it's really an honor to be on your show today hey it's my my pleasure and uh so five kids what are what are the ages of your kids first
0: well actually you know why don't you just tell us a little bit uh, about yourself
1: yeah so i'll tell you about the kids because you know that's a big part <laughs> of my life right now we actually so our fifth one is on the way uh it'll be here next oh. month but once the fifth one's born, we will have had five kids in six years. So my oldest is six. Then I have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and then a newborn on the way. The coolest wow. thing about this story is uh, the doctors told my wife we would not have kids, that she was incapable of having kids. And that was when we got married 15 years ago. Six year, it took us six years to have our first one. But once we had our first one, I mean, you, you can see what's happening now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a full life, but man, we love it. You
0: open the floodgates. Yes. And I'm, and I'm, I'm sure anybody listening can relate to there's life before kids and then there's life after. And I don't know, I, maybe you can test this, but I can't even remember, uh, or even appreciate life before because my life is so grand and so full with, with kids and I only have three. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's awesome. Yep, I tell totally tell agree. us a little bit more also about, uh, about yourself, how you got into. Are you, actually, let me share this first, because I think this is a good setup to you, to you sharing. And this is from uh, from your website kadeyoung.com. And and we're also gonna uh, we're also gonna for those of who, those who stay till the end, we're gonna have a special offer from you about your book. So make sure to stay to the end. But I wanted to share this about you because I thought this was really cool, and it'll kind of set up our conversation about spiritual warfare and why. When we're in challenging times, such as divorce, uh, that it's really important to, to be tuning in, paying attention, and maybe walking in a direction that might be uncomfortable. And you say you say this, you say uh, you're talking about you know becoming a pastor. It says, "How could I be a pastor? I wasn't even thirty yet." With a man bun on the top of my head, which I think is hilarious, okay. I sure did look like a pastor. As a blogger and worship leader, I sure didn't act like a pastor. While all these thoughts were running through my head, I sensed the spirit of God ask, who said I want you to pastor like someone else? The question stunned me. I couldn't come up with a good answer. I felt like I had no other choice but to answer the call. So with a bit of hesitation in my voice, I said, Eh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep, that's that's, that's <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> that's pretty much how it went down. And I like like you said, I was shocked whenever God called me to pastor. And who who would have known that my so I had one year of pastoring and then COVID hit because I'm three years in now. So who would have known that like my my introduction into the lead pastor role would include navigating this COVID wildness that has been going on the past two years? But God's grace has been with me the entire time. Pastoring is one of those things that it's like, if you're not called to do it, if you're not hundred percent sure that you're called to do it, like don't do it, don't do it. And (laughs) just, just don't, right? Because it's, it's not easy, especially if you're going to run after, you know, the call as if God would have it, not as some, I don't know, not not all pastors out there um, are truly pastoring. They maybe just take the job because it seems like an easy job or something like that. And I get that. Um, But man, if you're going to, do it the way God wants it. He's gonna ask you to do some pretty tough things. And so you better be called. You better have his grace with you. And and I've been there. I mean, and writing the book, Jesus Saint Woke in the middle of it, whenever God asked me to write that book, I'm like, Me? I mean, I live in Oklahoma. So people don't even know what the word woke is. So I'm introducing this book <laughs> to my church and they're just like. They're like, what does that even mean? And I'm like, you'll <laughs> understand. It, it, I mean, everybody. I think everybody gets it now, but a year ago, it was, it was pretty funny here in Oklahoma. Nobody knew what woke meant.
0: <laughs> well, and tell us a little bit about that because like you've got a journey that took you
1: to writing that book, right? Yeah. Um, just looking around and, and seeing what's going on in our culture right now, I just, I couldn't stay silent. And I had this stirring on the inside of me. And you, know, you have people... congregation starts asking you questions and and then you have other parts of your congregation it's like you better not say anything political and Mm -hmm. it's just like ah but but i have this um i have this assurance inside of me because god has delivered me from homosexuality and so i mean that's like one of the main things that we face right now right is the sexuality the gender all this other stuff that's going on and people want to say that you're born gay and all this stuff and it's like i know because i've lived through this that that it's bondage that the that that's just a spirit that's enslaving people. And I want people to be free. And so I hadn't really shared, I didn't share my story much up to that point. I mean, this was, you know, 15, 16 years ago that I was delivered from homosexuality. And it's just not something that really comes up in conversation. You know, I was delivered from this, but I mean, in the face of what we're at right now, where we have an entire month now, the month of June, right. Dedicated to the LGBTQ plus thing that's going on. it's just like, culture is like, woo. I mean, somebody's got to get out there and speak the truth. So in the book, I actually tell my story about how I was delivered from that and how anybody else who's looking for deliverance from that deliverance is there for you. Jesus didn't just give you forgiveness of sin. He gave you freedom from sin. He wants you to be free.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I would argue that uh, divorce would be one of those things too. And I know that we have a lot of listeners that may be just contemplating divorce, tuning in to see what it's about or what I can expect. There's some that are going through it in an immense amount of pain or some that have recently gone through it and are trying to sort themselves out through that. And so that's why it's, we talk about the four pillars of self care all the time on the show and in our community, the Divorced Advocate. And one of those four is spiritual Uh, development taking care of your spiritual life and and we talked last week with Jeff Davenport kind of like why that's important to to get into that battle like it feels divorce man sometimes feels like a battle and I'm 10 years down the road with it and I still feel like I am fighting against it. now my fight's a little bit bigger now creating this community and helping other dads uh, go through it but Let's just, let's talk briefly just about spiritual warfare. And what you just talked about was, is, 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 is really, really important. Let's, let's just define that
1: first. What do you want? What do you want to define? Spiritual Spiritual warfare. warfare.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's interesting how God works,
0: right? Yeah. And then we're going to dive into spiritual warfare and the attack on children.
1: Awesome. So spiritual warfare, it's interesting how God works because in my personal study time this morning I was in I landed in Ephesians 6 which which mm-hmm. talks about that. Like we're not warring against flesh and blood enemies. We're not warring against each other. And man, that's a hard thing to grasp, right? But we're warring against principalities against spiritual darkness against against wickedness, against the things that we can't see that are influencing people to do these things. And you know, so that's why we're always blaming the people, but it's it's never the people. It's always some kind of spiritual battle that's going on under the surface that we can't see. And if we really wanna fight this battle and win, then we have to fight it from a spiritual perspective. And so that's, that's what spiritual warfare is. Okay. And
0: then, so then, now you talked about it being spiritual and not being in the flesh. What makes that, what makes that so challenging? Why is that such an incredible challenge for us to figure out, you know, particularly when we're going through this divorcing, we're a lot of pain.
1: Like, what makes it so challenging? Why is that such a challenge? Yeah I think that challenge is the fact that all we can see is what's going on in the flesh and so we always want to blame the flesh and we always want to blame our spouse or or these outside you know we always want to blame people and so whenever we go to solve the problem then we're trying to fix people to solve the problem and then it doesn't solve the problem because the problem is deeper than just than just a behavioral adjustment or something like that the the problem is only going to be one in the spirit interesting so we could talk about it that in the
0: context of divorce and where we're maybe let's say just contemplating or going through it that if we're if we're other other focused and you talk about this a little bit in, in one of your chapters of the book about judgments and and being other focused on somebody else and how you know we need to be judgmental not judgmental but we
1: need to take stock of ourselves first speak to that a little bit yeah, so everybody's uh, favorite verse where Jesus says do not judge. And then mm-hmm. they they stop there and they don't read the rest of it, right? <laughs> right. But if you read if you read the whole thing, the whole part of what Jesus said there about judging, he's basically saying judge yourself first because only then can you see clearly to judge the things around you. And he's not saying to to judge people around you. He's saying judge the things around you like If that person's being influenced by evil or things like that, like we should be able to open our eyes and look around and see what's going on around us. We're not supposed to just ignore it or act like it's no big deal. Like in the climate that we're in right now with our government and things that are going on like that, we should look around and we should be like, hmm, I don't think I should vote for that candidate because they're clearly being influenced by evil. We got, Hmm. we have to judge those things, but we can only, we can only judge those things effectively when we've judged ourselves first. Like, am I following God's will? Am I following his word? I mean, we have to get those things established first. Otherwise, you know, if you, if you can't see, if you can't see your own self, then you're, you're not going to be able to see anybody else's what's going on around you. Right. Right.
0: And, and I want to get into that, uh, in a little bit is some tools around that, like, like what can we utilize in order to to help us f- facilitate that but what you just what you're talking about too reminds me of uh in in talking in in how you said well we need to pay attention we need to self-focus first and see it might be something little right but that is going in and and that's the that's the the verse about why are you judging the the speck in, in your brother's eye mm-hmm. when you've got the the beam in in, in your eye but that then Matt, like, uh, masticizes and then becomes something bigger and bigger. And I'm reminded of Jordan, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who talks about, uh, the, tells the kid's story about the, the small dragon, if you're not paying attention to it. And, and so during this time of divorce, it's, it's a, a huge opportunity. And I know I just have to make this disclaimer every time is I know I'm saying opportunity. Yes, it is an opportunity, all these challenges that uh, that are that are brought to us in our life are brought to us for a certain reason. So this is an opportunity for us to 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 take this opportunity to look at within and see what it is and and you don't and you can do it. You know God has grace. God has a ton of grace. God loves us so much. And so you can you can do that without judging yourself that you screwed up and this was a hard one for me because I felt so much shame around the end of my uh, my marriage and my family breaking down, and uh, and as a failure, and my kids wouldn't have all of this. So, so it. But but now looking back, it's such a huge opportunity. So let's let's talk about uh, a, a, you know, a few tools to to utilize in taking that opportunity. And what we can do uh, to to take that self assessment and really look at those things, because and we were talking about this before in the show. I'm a little bit dense. It takes me longer to figure stuff out, so I was really slow to the process. And I want to give, you know, the dads out there some some real concrete ways in which they can they can, you know, there's there's no hacking. This all takes effort. But you know, give us some tools to to, to streamline this so they're not beating their heads against the wall like I did and making those same mistakes until those, those that dragon is basically eating my life.
1: Yeah, you take me back to an experience that I had with the Lord where He taught me really one of the core values that we have at our church. And that's we don't waste one moment in regret. And that's Mm -hmm. something that we say every Sunday. We don't waste one moment in regret because I can remember I would have an issue that the Lord was dealing with me on that I was trying to get over. And then I would do it again. And then I do it again. And then I do it again. And then I do it again. And every time I felt like I had to pay for my mistakes by living a certain amount of time in regret, beating myself up, frustrated at myself, apologizing, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I can remember one time I was out on a on a hike and, you know, that's usually when I hear the Lord most. So maybe that's a good tip for those listening too. If you want to hear the Lord, like get out of your environment and go be out in yeah. nature. But I was out hiking and the Lord was just like, why are you holding on to that? Why? Do you really think that you can pay for it, you know, by it? living three days in regret, like what benefit are you getting from that? And it was another one of those questions that I couldn't, I couldn't answer. I didn't have a good answer for that. And that's when yeah. it made me realize like I, it does no good ever to regret a decision that I've made or, or this sin that, that has, uh, come into my life again and again and again. And it's funny because that's really is the key to moving on past whatever that bondage is that you have in your life is not wasting time and regret anymore, but seriously, just letting it go. Because whenever you hold on to that regret, you're really holding on to whatever the issue is. You're holding it close to you. You're not letting it go. Let it go. There's no reason to regret
0: it. Well, and God loves you so much. It's like a parent, like when your kid does something wrong and then they go through the process, uh, hopefully have learned how to apologize and have remorse and reconciliation and whatever process that they go through. You don't harbor that you don't, at least if you're parenting in a healthy manner, right. Okay. Um, right. You, you, st- and, and you still, you still love them. You still love them unconditionally. You might not like their behavior. And that's, just that's, that's the same. That's the same with God. And, but we like, we just, sometimes we would hang on to that.
1: <laughs> yep. That's what we do. And I think that comes out of a misunderstanding of who God is and, and his relationship with you. I don't, we don't we don't take time to understand his love and what that means what that really means i mean you hear what you hear the church what does right it mean? God, what does it mean god loves you. what does it mean man you, you you almost can't even explain it right it's it's beyond words and if you don't take time to like get into the scripture and just meditate on his love and think about his love then then you you don't even get close to it you think that he's up there upset that you messed up yesterday and all this kind of stuff and and that's not the god we serve at all the god we serve is like hey like i i made a way through jesus christ for you to be forgiven and for you to live free are you, are you going to receive the gift like he's just up there wanting to give us gifts and give us gifts and we're the only ones that puts puts up that wall of separation between us and god we think that he's doing it but we're the ones that are doing it like he loves us so much that he just he don't care what you did that you did it again. He wants you to be free and he wants you to to get to that place where you can walk with him side by side and just enjoy life and and have joy and have provision and like that's the God we serve. He wants good things for us. right, right. and
0: and so I know some people listening might not have ever uh, heard that ever from anybody. Yeah, but then there's also maybe some like myself who did not hear that message while, being raised in, in an organized religion and actually heard the opposite, which is you are, you're bad and, and you're bad to the core and you're a sinner. And you're not and like, you're never going to really live up to it because, you know, for me, I could never live up to being Jesus, which was the wrong perspective. Right. Cause nobody's going to be able to do that. Um, but when, then I finally, finally, and again, that's like it takes me longer to figure stuff out the most, but finally heard that the right way, it was like, oh, it makes sense. And also being a parent in drawing that correlation that I made earlier in, you know, the, the love, the unconditional, just like unbelievable love that I have for my children and, uh, and understanding that context and how God loves me too. And then, and I want to, I want to talk about this also is you know, getting into the scripture and, and, and the real love that it's it's all described there, right? If you want to know what, how much God loves you, there's a whole book about it. <laughs> there's a whole book about it. And and I spent years and years reading the self-help books and child, you know, working through my child. And, and there's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's all repackaged from the one original self-help book. So Tell yep. us a little bit about that original self-help book.
1: Yeah, it's all in the Bible. And I was, yeah. was going to tag on to what you just said. If you want to know God's love, if you want to experience his love, then you have to put in the work, get into the word and, it, and experience it. I, I don't remember what year. This was probably five, seven years ago. The Lord's like, I want you to get into my word and focus on finding out what my love is for until, until you get it. And it yep. took me a year and I'm still trying to grasp it. But thats I spent an entire year of study on what is the love of God, and I would encourage everybody to do that because that's foundational to everything with God. You have to understand his love first. And one thing that I love to do is I love to, whenever I'm reading scripture, I go through and if I ever find what I call an identity scripture, who I am in Christ, how God sees me, I have my highlighter. And that's, those are the things that I highlight in my Bible. And one of the best places to start is the book of Ephesians, because you're going to find those kind of statements over and over and over again in the book of Ephesians. Like, I'll give you some examples. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, it says that uh, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So, I mean, that's how he sees you in Christ, holy and without fault in his eyes. And he adopted us into his own family. And we have received an inheritance from God. And he identified us as his own by giving us his Holy Spirit. I mean, these are all things that you find in the book of Ephesians about what God's given you, how he sees you. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It says, once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. That's your identity. That's your position. That's who you are. And it takes a minute to get a revelation of that, especially if you've had some kind of old religious teaching or or any of that from the past that you kind of have to undo first. You just have to dig in until you get it. Yeah. I was going to say a minute. Yeah. It it takes some of
0: us (laughs) years, but again, it's just like anything we, we, we do, whether we're, uh, whether we're new to it or we're rediscovering it or trying to, uh, to, um, rewire or change a habit is it takes time. And just like we might in the gym have to learn, like you don't go into the gym the first time. And then turn into Mr. Universe. Like I had a Mr. Universe on the show not long ago. And like he he didn't get like that just by doing it uh, maybe a couple of minutes a day or like once a week or just showing up on Sunday at the gym. It takes it takes time. It takes time. And so I love what you said is like, you know, study and develop that spiritual uh, part of you. And that's part of those four pillars is don't ignore the part because it's like four, a four-legged stool. And if you take care of the mental, the emotional, physical, all right, that's great. That's great. But it's still going to be off kilter. And if it's off kilter, yep. then it's the environment that you live in, the environment that you create for your children is also going to be off kilter. So the one, and one of the greatest things that you can do is develop that because we talk about modeling all the time you're going to be modeling that then for also your children which will be huge and so let's let's talk about the, the 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 attack on children too because not only do i feel that part of this uh part of divorce is is an attack on the family and it's attack on on children and being uh I don't even want to say covert because it did not even feel like covert. It's like overt now that it's a, a direct attack on them. And and I'm gonna take a, I want to take a little uh, verse out of you or a, or a quote out of your chapter three in your book. And it says, "So what do you think Satan is after most? Our children. He must stop the multiplication, right? So that that point is like if we're multiplying more people that are healthy and 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 loving and love ourselves and each other like God wants us to, then you know, it's, it's like we see today, dividing with all this crap, right? And then you go on to say, let's examine how he does this. The first point out of multiple points, you say destroy God's design for the family. So everyone is unfulfilled and broken and that unfulfilled and broken hits home during divorce, right? So talk a little bit about that in the context of spiritual warfare and the attack on children, please.
1: Yeah. Whenever I was writing the book, I quickly realized that everything that we're up against today in culture comes down to that one thing. It's the enemy attacking children. And that's yeah. that's the spiritual undertone that's going on. Like he hates us. He, We're made in the image of God, right? And so when Satan sees us, yeah. he sees God. And he's got to stop this i mean we're just out there multiplying especially me right having five kids in six years it's like more <laughs> babies more babies more babies and he's like what can i do to stop this and like you said he he destroys god's design for family and one of the ways he does that is through divorce people getting yeah. divorced you know just over simple things small things that could be fixed and and uh and so many other things just by making it uh now it's like a bad thing to be a family right the, yeah when when culture looks at the family if you have a normal family a a husband a wife and kids they're like you know these people are terrible they're they're bigoted blah 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 blah. and Mm -hmm. i mean it's just like the the attack has become so severe and then it goes to the next step right and then you have abortion Mm -hmm. they're wanting to they're wanting it to be legal and wanting it to be normal and and all this kind of stuff and then it goes a step further and you got the lgbtq plus agenda where i mean obviously those people can't have kids so there's no multiplication going on there unless they enlist somebody else to Get them a baby or something like that, but them themselves Mm -hmm. they cannot multiply. And so there's Mm -hmm. all these things in culture, and it all boils down to one thing: no more kids. Or if there is a kid, we have to destroy that kid by destroying the parents, or by teaching them something stupid in school, or whatever the case may be. Well, and we're seeing, and so belief aside, beliefs aside,
0: whether somebody wants to believe what you're saying or not, that that is bearing out in the statistics in. Uh, the developed Western societies is we're below the replication rate of uh, of, of our humanity, and we're going to die out. And so people are, and what that means is we're not having enough kids to replace ourselves. So eventually that dwindles down to where we, as a as a society, will will die out. And so like mm-hmm. whatever you think. The numbers are supporting exactly what it is you're saying. Now, I and, and I, I did want to make a point, though. Also, is that in, in talking about this, we're not. I'm not. I'm not. We're not trying to guilt anything, anybody about going through divorce. It is something that that is happening. Unfortunately, it has become normalized in our society, which is the biggest point I want to make. We're going through it. I went through it. I don't ever want to go through it. Again, I do want to uh, to um, uh, to find a healthy relationship, and form a new family, and set that example and model for uh, for my daughters uh, in in the future. I am a firm believer in family, but in order to do that, I do have to learn. And like we like we started with, is learn what it is that was my part of this. Learn what I needed to, was the you know the beam in my eye to figure this out, and then go forward. In order to do it in the right way, in the godly way, the next time. And so, those of you listening that are like, "Oh, well, this is making me feel like crap," <laughs> that's not our, that's not our point here. We're really trying to to explain how the this is a spiritual warfare, and what you're going through is a challenge that, if if accepted, and if the you make this effort, that it can produce remarkable remarkable results with a, with a, uh, with a second coming or or, or, a rebirth, right? Like coming to Christ again is a rebirth. That's an amazing thing, right? That's how, that's what happened to me. It's even better in in this time, right? Because the first time I didn't really understand it, the best time you have a huge opportunity and and share with us a huge opportunity. So it is spiritual warfare, but like, please share. And and then I'm going to share a little passage about, uh, about that challenge also
1: from your book. Yeah. I love that. I love that you brought that up because in, in spreading this message about Jesus saying, woke, often I have to tell people don't hear what I'm not saying, because <laughs> you start talking about LGBTQ plus and things like this. They're like, you hate gay people. And it's like, I never said that I don't yeah. hate gay people. I want them free. And so I'm here to expose what the truth is so that they can step into the truth and live in freedom. And it's the same thing. Like if you've gone through a divorce, we're not shaming you here. I would, I would uh, bring up my core value again. Don't waste one moment in regret. Let go of the regret yeah. and, and move forward, right? Um, because that's that's what God wants for you. He wants you to move forward. He wants restoration. He wants a new beginning for you. And he always does, even if it's been multiple divorces. Um, I told you, Jude, in the email, whenever you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm the right guy to interview for your podcast because I haven't been through a divorce. My parents haven't been through a divorce. My grandparents haven't been through a divorce. I mean, and that's a great testimony, right? That there's no divorce in my family. But my wife's family is another story. Her mom yeah. has been married four times, and um, but her fourth marriage was just absolutely amazing. And the only reason she's not married right now is because my father-in-law, he passed away uh, about three years ago, but, but, but God really did restore. I mean, the, the marriage that they had together was just absolutely beautiful, and I, God can do that for anybody. There's always a beautiful next step when you engage in that spiritual warfare. And I hope that this conversation actually just like gives you some motivation to stand up and punch the enemy in the throat. You know it's, yeah. it's him who's tried to destroy your marriage knock him out don't blame god don't blame yourself don't waste time and regret but knock the enemy out yeah yeah i love that and 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 i just want to take a, a passage out of your book that that
0: supports that and it says parents you were made for this it is mm-hmm. a challenge to raise kids yes but parents you were made for this god has equipped you to not just survive until you become an empty nester but to mentor your children to become mind-blowing men and women of god your kids are meant to walk with you through life not be pushed aside while you live your life there's no better time than now to invite your kids to go with you on the amazing journey ahead It's that's absolutely beautiful kate i mean for for the for the dads out there that are that are listening that are struggling that are that are just worried that have all this stuff going on that you i you are divinely made to do what you are doing it was, you know, a, a, a plan for you to be a father. And so take heart that keep fighting this fight because you were meant to do it and you have all the tools. And like you said, there's the fear is just something, something that is put in your way in order to, to make you doubt your inherent love and goodness
1: and perfection. And so, you know, finish us up with that yeah that's thank you for sharing that that's that's my heart's desire is just to encourage people to keep moving forward in this journey because i'm not i don't want to sit here and claim that i'm the perfect dad i can my journey is i look back at myself and it's actually pretty pitiful when i think of like the things that i've had to walk <laughs> through to get where i am today right Join the club I, right yeah <laughs> dad, of
0: the year, dad of the year awards i got plenty of them on my shelf right <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i could remember when our we had our second we had two kids at the time and there wasn't a lot of sleep going on i was sleep deprived i was struggling and I was sitting on the st- our stairwell, and I was just like, I just want to take a nap when I want to take a nap. And like, these are the thoughts that are going through my head, right? And I'm just right. like, I look back at those days, and it's like, wow, I mean, selfishness dies hard, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, keep, keep moving forward in that journey. You're there's, there's no perfect dad, there's no perfect parent. But as long as you're taking steps forward, and, and you're improving along the way, and you're learning to love better and learning to be loved better. I mean, that's that is the journey. And that's, that's how you know you're winning is if you're taking steps forward and not stalling out, not, not, you know, getting stuck in regret and things like that, but taking steps forward. Right. And keep fighting the fight. And I'll, and I want to add another tool to that, which is, which is
0: find support, find support mm-hmm. in your, in your, in your church. Okay. Sign, find support in the scripture or, or in your church with the scripture, right. To, to, to talk about that and, in in have somebody that like, cause and I'm just right. So my, my journey is the backwards way around to coming to this. I'm not steeped in scripture and I don't know all the, uh, you know, you, you, you do a beautiful job like you did today is like, well, read a few Ephesians one and and all that. And I'm like, well, I just know from life kicking me in the ass <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that that's true. But man, I wish I would have had Cade to 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 guide me through that, or um, or another group, or, uh, or 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 somebody that helps me to be accountable through through some of that. Find some support to, to help you go through that because you don't need to go through that yourself. And there is that, that self-help book and there's that original self-help guru that's uh, that's out there that's, uh, that people like uh, you
1: uh, and others can help us through. Yeah, and so really, I want to give some tools from the word, you know, before we end this today, because in Please. Ephesians, yeah, in Ephesians chapter six, it talks about the armor of God. And a lot of people have heard this at church, so it becomes a little bit cliche, um, mm-hmm. but I was actually reading this again this morning. And it says, final word, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. That's what we've been talking about today, the strategies of the devil. How do we overcome those strategies? And it says you have to put on the whole armor of God. The only way you're going to overcome the strategies of the devil is to put on the whole armor of God. Well, you're like, well, well, what is the armor of God? That sounds intimidating. Can Can I even do that? And it's actually so much simpler than you think. So it says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. That's the first piece of armor that's mentioned. The belt of truth, you know, if you look at how the armor works the belt is what holds all the other armor on so if you're not embracing truth then all your other armor is going to fall off and embracing truth is as simple as like i'm not going to listen to what culture is saying about this this stuff i'm going to listen to what god says about it and i'm going to follow that and that's how you put on the belt of truth and the next thing is the breastplate of righteousness or as the new living translation says the body armor of god's righteousness and all that is is knowing who you are in christ I'm not righteous on my own. I'll never be perfect. I'll never make all the right decisions. I can never really measure up to, to God's righteousness. I can't earn my own salvation. Like you have to have a realization of this. The only reason I'm righteous is because Jesus made me righteous. The only thing that's good in me is Jesus's righteousness living in me because I've given my life to Jesus. That's that breastplate of righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Gotta walk in peace do whatever, do whatever it takes to walk in peace, get rid of the fear, get rid of the anger, get rid of all that stuff and receive God's peace that surpasses all understanding. And uh, in addition to these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the wicked one and how you develop your faith is with the word of God, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't let a day go by that. You don't hear the word of God. Cause that's where your faith comes from. Put on the helmet of salvation That's just like the righteousness thing. Just knowing that you're saved, knowing that you couldn't earn it, that there's nothing that you could do but say yes to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When you know that, whenever you receive that, you've put on the helmet of salvation, your head is protected. And then finally, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You'll notice that pretty much all the armor of God comes back to the word of God. If you're not prioritizing this thing in your life, you're going to struggle. The enemy is going to eat your lunch. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're not going to win that battle, but if you're embracing this word and it's not like you have to be in here for hours a day, but it's just, you prioritize right. it. You, you open it up every day and maybe you listen to some pastors online at night or, or something like that, but you just fall in love with the word of God. I know some people think it's boring, but man, you actually get into it. Like with a um, desire to, to know God and man, you fall in love with it. It comes alive for you.
0: Well, and you do, when you start to see what it does in your life and how yeah. it transforms it then it's absolutely miraculous and then you see everything as a miracle and not how you did before kind of like when you had kids you just don't remember life before life is completely completely changed and i want to show you this and we didn't set this up like here's this is my and for those of you listening i'm showing my screen that's my screen saver which is ephesians six eleven. so i keep that i keep that in front of me all the time put on the armor of god so that you may stand firm against the tactics of the devil because this is a this is spiritual warfare and and so i appreciate that message and that was a perfect close to it so you know inspirational for for those dads that that are listening out there kate how can how can the listeners get in touch with you
1: yeah the best way is to go to kadeyoung.com and that's with a k not a c a lot of people like to spell my name with a c so it's k-a-d-e young.com there you can buy my book and you can subscribe to my email list and Find the I post YouTube videos twice a week and you'll find all that at CadeYoung.com. Okay. And then I also wanted to put a special offer out there
0: for Cade's book. And the and the book again is Jesus Ain't Woke, Your Guide to Real Christianity. I know that's going to resonate with lots of people listening. Definitely did with me, but the, the first five people to email me at Jude at the with the subject line, Jesus ain't woke. I will buy the book for you and send it to you. So put your address in there in the body. Jesus ain't woke in the subject line at Jude at judesandval.com. Or I'm sorry, that's my other, that's my personal address. You can send it there too, but Jude at judeatthedivorcedadvocate.com. And we'll send you Cade's book for absolutely 100% free. So Pastor Cade Young, it was such a pleasure having you today. I really appreciate it. I also want to put a plug in for your, your YouTube channel. And, and, and what is that YouTube channel? Because you've got some some great messages. They're short, they're sweet, they're concise, and really inspir- inspirational. What is that address for the
1: on your YouTube channel? Yeah, for YouTube, just get on there and search for Pastor Cade, and you'll find the channel. Pastor Cade. Okay.
0: Okay. And then also, if you found some value in what we're talking about today, like us, you'll do that now, give a thumbs up, leave a comment. Uh, If you're listening to us, Uh, on whatever uh, podcast platform, leave a review, a star review that helps us. And most importantly, share this with another divorced or divorcing dad or contemplating divorce dad as well. That's how this community is uh, spreading throughout the world and helping more and more dads. Thank you, Pastor Kate. God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: It was great to be on today.